0: Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hello fans, Uh, give us a click, like, link, and uh, maybe even leave a comment to this question I got for Joker and y'all in the audience. Joker, if you could be one fantasy, like, mythical creature, what would it be? Personally,
1: I would definitely be a dragon. I've always been drawn to them just in shows and movies. They're, they're just some pretty epic creatures.
0: I mean, heck, that's not it's not a bad pick. Bad, I,
1: you know, I kind of want that horde.
0: <laughs> what, what would your horde... Uh, we can ask that question next up. I think for me, um, I don't know, maybe a werewolf? I just, I just feel like that'd be nice, just once a month, just lose my mind and just let it all out. And you're already halfway there, you're hairy enough. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I just think it'd be a nice little add-on. So that should lead us into our character for this week. Happy Halloween, folks, for anybody listening on Halloween. But we are doing Dracula from the Marvel Universe. So let's get into it. One of many, many versions. Oh yeah, quite a few So this year we're just focusing on Marvel's version And let's get on into it Let's go real world first um, As far as publication history Gary Conway was the creator of Marvel's version of Dracula And Gene Cullen In the Tomb of Dracula Ooh. Volume 1 Issue number 1 in 1972 Co-written by Marv Wolfman <laughs> Wolf man. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely uh, some irony in that. <laughs> there's so much <laughs> irony in it, and I love it. Okay. And
1: so, obviously, you know, as the name would suggest, he is based on the vampire Count Dracula from the novel of the same name written by the author Bram Stoker.
0: Which we will get into in later on a little bit more into that um so traditionally the comics code authority prevented marvel from publishing vampire comics this was revised in early 1971 when comics were allowed to publish characters and being from established literary works which you know that makes
1: sense because they don't want to be taking stuff from stuff other things that are already out there
0: yeah and they're like no you can't do this well it makes sense it it does, and it's an, it's a nice little workaround, at least. Because uh, I remember at one point uh, the comics codes literally prevented you from having any like dead things. So it, it prevented a lot, a lot of weird things.
1: Because it came up in one of our last ep- one of our previous episodes about the whole marriage thing with uh, Vision. Oh
0: yeah, Vision and Scarlet Witch. You couldn't ha- show a couple kissing unless they were married.
1: Yeah, so comics code has definitely affected a lot of. Comics in the past.
0: And it, yeah, and it's affected him on weird things. Like, I kind of get the kissing, you know, it was a weird time. Yep. America's been weird about that. But, like, being like, you can't have vampires or zombies. What?
1: Yeah. So, um, and Dracula actually wouldn't even be the first vampire to appear in Marvel Comics after this change. He would follow a few months after Morbius the Living Vampire, who would appear in The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 101 in October of
0: 1971. Oh, damn. That's kind of a a cool little nod. Well, because I remember, I think they created um, because technically Morpheus isn't a vampire. He's the living vampire. That was their little like, okay, comics code, we'll call you and we'll raise you. (laughs) Right. He's a living vampire. He turned that way through science. So he's not dead. And the comics goes like, I mean, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> a fun little thing. The version of Dracula also starred in Dracula Lives, a black and white horror comic magazine series published by Marvel from 1973 to 1975. Or, you know, just kind of a cool little standalone series. Yeah, it would definitely seemed like he had a lot of those, especially early on. Which would make sense, you know, Marvel at the beginning, especially during this Comic Scope BS and that, probably just keep it separate in case they have to kill it. Yep. And that, that it won't affect the main storylines of anything.
1: Exactly. And that title would also run concurrently with the Tomb of Dracula. The, the continuities of the two titles occasionally would overlap with stories weaving between the two of them.
0: Which also makes sense. Okay. Tomb of Dracula initially kept its distance from the rest of the company's properties. Uh, Marvel. Not not Marvel. Not Marvel. (laughs) Uh, My bad. Marv Wolfman. (laughs) I'm not going to get tired of that. Said to me, the horror books were outside the Marvel Universe. It was a hard enough problem creating mood, tension, and suspension in a comic book. Which is all still pictures, but then to have to worry about superheroes or supervillains at the same time, it didn't feel that would work. Which I it kind that kind of makes sense. Oh, it definitely does, especially because like
1: when you get into the mythical creatures, that's a whole different kind of line of hey, this is what's got to be created through this, and compared to you know your normal superheroes, it's very different.
0: Yeah, so it kind it kind of yeah because. I'll admit, definitely back then, probably would have altered the mood of the comic. Yeah. Which, oh, uh, so many other comics. I think he just looked around at other comics that attempted it and failed and was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that.
1: Most likely. But, you know, of course, like every major company, the potential for a sales boost and crossover eventually becomes too tempting. And Dracula appeared in the first issue of Giant Size Spider-Man, July of 1974. <laughs> because, you know...
0: They saw the potential for money and then they couldn't stop themselves. Yeah, that that is the that is the problem with uh, corporation comics. However, that America. problem led to us having Dracula in the main Marvel universe. So, I call it a win. Also, Spider-Man, like really, what what the heck is going on that tracks these guys? has
1: he, literally brought in both of the major vampires of Marvel.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dang, dude, Spider-Man just, like, he's got to wonder at some point. Like, it, like where, like uh, the scene from the movie where he's pouring the sand out of his boots, like, where do these guys come from? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, talk about a throwback. Yeah, dang. To a set of Spider-Man movies that a lot of us would rather forget. I'd at least rather forget the third one existed. Yeah. Okay, um, although Dracula and the other vampires were eventually destroyed, by the mystical Montesi formula, in the pages of Doctor Strange, of course Doctor Strange would have to do with that.
1: I mean, who's better suited for it in their comics? True, true. Especially at that point, because I mean, until you, till, uh, Dracula brings in the whole Van Helsing family later on. Like, there's really no one better to deal with a mystical creature than a mystical arts guy.
0: Yeah. Especially cause I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if blade existed at this point. In, I don't think he did in continuity. I'm sure, you know, I'm not
1: even sure if he existed at this point at all. To be honest, I don't know when blade started.
0: I'm not a hundred percent on that. Ooh, we should do him next year for Halloween. Heck yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Marvel published a four issue tomb of Dracula main series. Reuniting Wolfman and Colin <laughs> I love it uh, under under its epic comic imprint in 1991 and revived Dracula and his foes in the short-lived Night Stalkers and Blade series in the 1990s. Most recently, Dracula took the title role in the miniseries Dracula Lord of the Undead. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, at least...
1: And we don't know when exactly the stuff with Doctor Strange happened, but at least now we have an idea of when Blade came into it. Yeah, yeah, that so gives us a, uh, in the '90s.
0: Gives us a decent timeline, like late '80s, early '90s, somewhere around right. there. Because, like, like that was just with Dracula. We don't know maybe if he had an issue, a couple issues before. Ladies and gentlemen, the In Universe. Okay, there's a lot, so buckle up. <laughs> Let's get started. Born Vlad Tepes Dracula in 1430 in Shazburg, Transylvania, now Yeah, You have no clue how to pronounce that. Syysora. Some town in Romania. Some town in Romania. Um, He was the second son of a Transylvanian nobleman. He was named Prince of Transylvania and Voivode, pr- uh, which means Prince, apparently, of Wallachia. Walach- Wallachia. Wallachia.
1: Wal- I was like, you think watching the Helsing Bridge would help you with that one?
0: It still messes me up. <laughs> Wallachia.
1: Uh, I think it's because you're actually seeing the word, not just listening to it now. Yeah,
0: that's got to be the part that's messing with me. And becomes ruler while still a child. Over the next several years, he struggles against the Ottoman, the Ottoman Turks, losing and regaining his throne through an arranged marriage to a Hungarian noblewoman, Zofia. He sires a daughter, Lilith. He sent his wife and daughter away and later married a woman named Maria, with whom he had a son named Vlad Tepelis. God, those parents. It's like, I'm going to name him right after me, but I'm going to slightly change it. Right. (laughs) He had a son with his third wife, Domini, named Janus. Yeah, and if
1: I remember correctly, him sending his first wife away had something to do with a war or someone being, like, it was a... People that were killing it, they killed his dad. Well, there was a lot of actual detail that went into all that whole first paragraph that we left out.
0: Well, if it has anything to do with, uh, which Marvel seems to have kept his historical origin fairly accurate, if it's anything to close to what happened in history, then yes, it would be he sent them away for protection, but it didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah. So, moving
1: on. So, in 1459... Uh, Dracula was supposedly defeated by the Turkish warlord Tarak and mortally wounded. Although in another account, it is suggested that he defeated the Turks but was mortally wounded by a nearly immortal mutant, Insabah Nur, better known as Apocalypse. Uh, either way, Ooh. he would be brought to dra- he would be brought to a gypsy named Leonda to be healed. However, she was a vampire, and in revenge for his pre- persecution of the gypsies. She transformed Dracula into a vampire as well. Tarrac would later uh, rape and kill Dracula's wife Maria, and in revenge, Dracula would sl- slay Tarrac and make him into a vampire as well. And then Dracula would give his son Vlad Tepes to the gypsies to raise,
0: huh? Which, wow, a lot of a lot of trading hands, a lot of trading sides, and uh, a lot, yeah, a lot of trading babies. <laughs> and, and this definitely is
1: kind of the first in the pattern that uh, Vlad had with uh, turning enemies into vampires or people doing things to him because of stuff he's done. There's a lot of back and forth hate over the centuries.
0: Which you got to wonder, when that gypsy turned him into a vampire, did she think he would, like, I'm going to turn this war-driven warlord into a vampire. That's a good idea.
1: I'm... Yeah, it probably wasn't a good idea at the time, but it did weirdly work out for them in the end. True, it it actually he did kind of then become see them as his, his people. And we all know how Vlad is with his people.
0: True, he's very protective of his people. For those of you who don't know anything about the actual historical Vlad
1: <laughs> or pretty much any version of Vlad.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's they which Marvel did a great job of keeping his characteristics from the historical figure. Okay, so yeah, let's go moving on a little bit here. Uh Dracula defeated the vampire <laughs> Okay, folks, you're going to get why. Dracula defeated the vampire Nimrod the 1st. <laughs> What kind of vampire would be named Nimrod? Yeah, like, that is such a horrible idea. Who would name their kid Nimrod? Somebody who really did not want to have that kid. Uh, that's like that, that song, A Boy Named Sue. Yeah, holy cow. Clearly they did not like this kid. Either that or they really want him to be like real tough. <laughs> okay. It, okay, so he defeats Nimrod, the first, in battle, and thus succeeded him as ruler of Earth's vampires. Soon afterward, he enhanced his own blood with that of Varney, giving him greater powers than any other vampire in 1471. Dracula abdicated his princehood. So, okay, let's go over a few things in there. First off, we already kind of covered the Nimrod. uh, Another
1: thing on that, though, the fact he's called Nimrod the First... Really makes you wonder how many Nimrods there are. To yeah,
0: follow him. like uh, you got, because you you almost think. Let's compare it to the boy name Sue. Clearly, it did drive him to become the leader of the vampires on Earth until Vlad came up and took the throne. But still, not not that's not too shabby. No, <laughs> I guess none of his other kids though ever really accomplished anything after he named them that because um, I don't think we hear about Nimrod from this point on. Nope. Ah, those nimrods. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I guess let's let's kind of move on now. Uh, that's kind of all I wanted
1: to say. My piece on that. <laughs> so now into a very short section of the 1500s. Uh, during this century, Dracula would encounter alchemist Esteban Diablo and battled Puritan adventurer Solomon Kane. Kane would escape with his life, but soon returned, feeling guilty for leaving Dracula alive. Cain and Morgat, I'm assuming, uh, just barely managed to defeat Dracula, staking him with a sharpened, ornate cross. It was only f- a few hours, however, before a hungry band of travelers arrived at Castle Dracula, reviving him when one took the v- valuable cross from Dracula's seemingly ancient skeleton. At one point, a man named... Doreni managed to steal Dracula's diary which revealed several of his weaknesses and would eventually become one of the sources adapted by by writer Bram Stoker into the novel Dracula. Around the turn of the century, Dracula relocated to a new castle, Dracula, this time near Burgo Pass, which served as his main base of operations off and on for over
0: four centuries.
1: Holy cow. So, a decent chunk happened there in the 1500s.
0: Yeah, I always find it funny, like... Because technically, you can't stop and kill Dracula. He just has, like, a billion contingency plans to bring himself back.
1: Well, that is like, most of the ways to kill Dracula, you have to do a lot of different things. You can't just stake him. That's just a temporary, you're not being dealt with right now, but you're not doing anything to us.
0: Yeah. I also find it kind of humorous, like, okay, so I'm Dragula. I'm a bad guy. I own that I'm a bad guy. Why would I ever write down my weakness anywhere? Because you know it's a great plot hole and loophole for. A and comic. I get those exists, I get why it exists. I get that's why that exists. Yeah, I think al- that's the only reason. It always bothers me because I'm just like no no villain worth their salt and evil would ever write down their weakness anywhere. A good guy. I know I could-
1: a lot of them write down their plans. That's kind of an equivalent.
0: Yeah, that bothers me too sometimes. <laughs> especially when it's a simple plan. But I do do love that in this section that is where
1: they first bring up that Bram Stoker exists in the Marvel Universe too. Ooh, yeah. It's not that just is. the normal one that we know of that created Dracula. But it's like, nope, here he
0: is in Marvel as well, doing pretty much the same thing. Yep, except he's actually like taking info from real things that are happening in this universe. Yep. And just adding to it, which is kind of a cool thing.
1: So. And which we kind of get a little bit into a little bit later too.
0: Yep. So we will we'll cover that in a few uh few in a couple like what centuries here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So moving into the 1600s. For a time Dracula ruled over a Spanish province. But was driven out following the first of many encounters with a radiant golden angel, which I couldn't really find. Granted, I did not look up who the angel was or anything like that, but like in his story, it never really goes into detail in any of the stuff I found on Dracula um, as to what the angel's deal is.
1: I mean, other than just being an angel, it doesn't sound like there was much to her because it also, from what I looked in, it didn't seem like they actually encountered each other all that often. Yeah. Or they just left out a lot of the encounters because they were probably too small.
0: Because I, I, I want, during the research on Dracula, I think I found like one, maybe two other encounters it mentioned.
1: I think we only have one other one off the top of my head that I can think of in this script.
0: Yeah, I think it might only be one. But, uh, okay, so, um, Golden Angel, and. In 1661, Dracula would
1: find himself a wife in America, uh, in America, Charity Brown of Salem, Massachusetts. Of course. <laughs> um but before he could go uh and be with her she would be executed for being accused as a witch. Cuz you know now we got started the Salem witch trials.
0: Yep, got to get that going somehow. Oh, yeah, that's that's not great. Oh, killing dragons people is one thing, but <laughs> we've seen how he can react to a lover. So, Dracula manipulated the slave, Tatuba, into setting into motion the infamous Salem Witch Trials.
1: Which I find weird that knowing that that's kind of what caused his first kind of wife in America, that's why she was killed. Why would you initiate more of that? That makes no sense.
0: I mean, I get, I guess, similar to why, like, I don't know, just kill them all, because emotion-based people don't think rationally about the whole things But that thing. doesn't
1: even make sense in that. I was like, if it was the other way around, where like the witches killed someone he cared about, then I can understand him initiating the witch trials. But the fact the woman he liked was killed because they
0: thought she was a witch, why would you continue that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any explanation other than, yeah, emotional people don't make sense. That's my
1: only... That's the only thing that we can use. It's not even a good excuse.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I've seen seen some people make some rash decisions emotionally that arguably are dumb on this level. And I'm like, wow, people are dumb. So, it's honestly, it may not be the best excuse, but it's one that's valid. Yep.
1: So... This next section is definitely probably one of my favorite parts of the entire script. So, in the 1670s, Dracula would find himself without sustenance in rural Switzerland, kept from a human prey by the rural farmer's extensive and sometimes extensively superstitious anti-vampiric defenses. (laughs) Forced to make do with cow's blood, Dracula inadvertently created the bizarre Bessie the Hell Cow. Yay! The hellish heifer would spend three centuries trailing Dracula before it met its end at the hands of Howard the Duck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes! But I just love that he makes a hell cow. <laughs> and see, I forgot the hell cow existed because I'm pretty sure Deadpool has had some run-ins with the hell cow. I didn't even know the hell cow existed until this and I'm so happy to know about it now. Oh, yeah. I honestly keep... I always, for, I always forget it exists until somebody mentions another character, and they're like, yeah. And then they had a run-in with Bessie the Hell Cow. I'm like, yes, that exists.
1: Yeah, now, I, now I'm going to have to actually look into this a little bit more, because that is just amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. She is. It's but an I also love that
1: the cow meets its end by Howard the Duck.
0: Of all characters in Marvel. <laughs> Howard the Duck. A duck detective from an alternate reality. Oh, yeah, love Marvel. Right? Okay. Uh, moving on. Let's go with 1700s. In 1753, Dracula was in Cologne, uh, Germany. When a group of villagers managed to capture him and tie him to a stake, the villagers' priest, Father Einze, doused him with holy water and drove a stake into his chest. And I find the irony of him being tied to a stake is quite heavy for anybody who knows his historic real-world history. I mean, granted, the stake normally went under his the people he would do it to, but, you know, it was there. <laughs> uh, I didn't
1: realize what you were going with until you did that part. Now I understand your reference. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay. Like I said, you, you kind of need to know the character's real-world history. Uh. Okay, presented at the execution was I, Eisner's adopted daughter, Marie. After destroying, destroying the vampire, Father Eisner suffered a massive heart attack. That evening, little Mary Eisner removed the stake from Dracula's chest, resurrecting the vampire. She struck a bargain with him, swearing that she would acknowledge Dracula as her savior if he agreed to use his powers to save Father Eisner's life, which...
1: Yeah, there, there's those kids and those emotions again, because they never make a good choice. N- ever. Nope.
0: God.
1: <laughs> I mean, because where would you think pulling a stake from a vampire's chest was a good idea?
0: Right? Like, th- There's never been a situation where that's worked out for anybody. And very clearly did not work
1: out for her, because even though Dracula would agree, he would instead of saving Eisner's life, he instead would tear his heart from his chest and present it to Marie as a demonstration of his vile power. And he would then attack her again, but Marie dangled her cross charm in front of Dracula's face, forcing him to flee. And Dracula would swear out that one day she would beg him to give her life everlasting. It would be 70 years before the two would see each other again. Yeah, Dang. I, I just love that that he just got basically defeated by a little girl. Right. Just by dangling across like, nope, you
0: ain't doing nothing to me. I always <laughs> love how that is like a major trope of this epically powerful, immortal beam, little tiny cross on a chain. <laughs> right. It's like, back, back, you demon. It's you gotta, like, gotta love the old school vampire stuff, right? It's like, dude, just reach around. From what I can tell it's not a it's not a force field that just burns you if you touch it. I've actually right. burned my hand on a stove. You, you don't see me avoiding <laughs> cooking. Moving on. Castle Dracula itself was endangered during the 18th century, first by pirates, uh, pirate Helen Deville, who was killed by her own crew when Dracula exposed her as a witch. And then by the combined military threats of Turkey and Catherine the Great, uh, Great's Russia. Oh, well, holy cow. Dracula was forced to flee Transylvania and he relocated to France in 1762.
1: So I wonder if uh, Helen has any relation to Corella Deville. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I just love the look in your face before I made the connection at the end. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then you just see it click in your head. And it's like, oh, that was a horrible joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do, I, like, I love, what I love about Dracula's story so far in this Marvel Universe is all the historical events he's been privy to.
1: Right, It's like and he's not even always really involved in them. He's just around. Yeah, like, uh, Catherine the Great, like he is a fairly famous Russian <laughs> leader from the his from history. Yeah, like eh. and apparently she has run ins with Dracula.
0: Yep, and she drove him out too. Like it wasn't even like a I'm gonna have this epic war with Dracula. It's like we're gonna go in there, we're gonna ransack him and we're gonna run him out of town. We all clear on the plan? Cool. <laughs> Which honestly makes her seem very powerful. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so
1: while in France, he would rekindle his feud with Kaligstra? I'm going with Caligstro, uh, mm-hmm. But he would rekindle this feud after destroying a gargoyle animated by Calixstro's agent, Jack Dubois. Du- Dubois. At least that one I know how to pronounce for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, killing gargoyles. God dang, Dracula's history is so fun. <laughs> after becoming an advisor to King Louis... i the 16th. Louis the 16th. <laughs> Thank you. In 1775, Dracula surmised Calixtro Cali- no longer had the dark hold. No longer fearing the Montessi formula, Dragula vampirized Calixtro's wife, Lorenza Serafina. As a retribution for past slights. Holy cow, that was a rough one for me to get through. Yeah, it was. That was entertaining. Oh, God. I, mean, I love that
1: at this point in the story, a very large portion of Dracula is just going back and forth with enemies. Like, you did this to me, I'm going to vampirize this person. Well, you did this to this person, now I'm going to stake you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of back and forth. Like, you know how much stuff you can avoid if you just... Leave the people
0: alone, Dracula. Yeah, dude, if you just, like, you're an immortal, timeless being. You know what your victory is? You're going to outlive them. Yeah. Just leave. <laughs> just just like, you know what, they staked you, so what? Just, just stop messing with this family that clearly has the capability to stake you. Well, everybody apparently has the ability to stake them. Yeah, you got taken out by some villagers, Dracula. Your days <laughs> of
1: terrorizing the Turks are over. In 1789, Dracula was nearly destroyed by Montplier. That's what I'm going with. Uh, another one of Caglistro's K- agents, but would escape in the confusion of the storming of the Bastille. Uh, fleeing France, Dracula vampirized Austrian Henry Sage and uh. soon after, Transylvanian Lady Louisa Russoff. You know, here he is again, vampirizing
0: other people. Yep. Like I said, <laughs> I feel like Marvel li- literally took the real world equivalent of Dragon and put him in here because his history just seems like a series of major victories immediately followed by <laughs> major defeats. Like, not simple losing bad. Like, he is winning wars and then immediately losing wars.
1: Like, yeah, it is very entertaining <laughs> to be listening to all this.
0: Like, dang. Highs and lows. Like, no middle grounds, really. Which I mean, you know, I go big or go home, I guess. And he is doing both. Yeah. <laughs> he's going big and then he's going home. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. Here in 1795, he was staked by her husband, Baron Grigori Rozov, who was bitten by a female werewolf in the attempt. In the attempt. So now we're getting into the werewolf versus vampire thing. Uh, Grigori thus became the first in a long line of Russoff's Bearing the Curse of the Lycanthrope. After the the stake was inevitably removed and he was reanimated, Dracula decided to augment Castle's defenses with various traps. Not the least of these were Dracula's infamous pit of death. At least he's finally learning to actually put some defenses up. Right? I feel like he relied too heavily for too long on the fact that he was a immortal vampire. He's and like, just I, hoping his presence would scare people off. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Clearly it did not. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm a warrior vampire. I have a horde. Who's going to mess with everybody? Everybody does, Dracula. Everybody's everybody. messing with you. And they're not doing a bad job of it either. No. So, now into the 1800s.
1: On uh, 1823, Dracula would return to Cologne, Germany. He forced his way into the hospital room of the dying sister Marie Eisner at the Reckenbach Clinic and de- demanded that she acknowledge him as, his, as her savior. Sister Marie always knew that Dracula would, re- would one day return to claim her. But still, she renounced him. And as the vampire lunged for the frail woman, she slipped a crucifix necklace around his neck's neck. Forcing him to recoil, and Sister Marie then peacefully passed away. Because, <laughs> you know, he can't even outdo an old, frail woman in a hospital bed. Oh, my God. This, this, I love Dracula, but this is starting to get really embarrassing.
0: <laughs> it is, but it's kind of endearing that he still keeps going and trying. <laughs> right? It's like, I keep feeling miserably and embarrassingly, but, you know, we're going to keep going. It's endearing, too, because, like... He is a villain, so this is arguably better than Raiden. Because Raiden was trying to help other people and kept messing up. This guy's trying to just get his own shit together. He's like, and he can't you know, even do that. And he can't even do that. Oh, man. It's and, like, it's like watching a sitcom character. He is 0-2 against Marie. Like, literally. And that record will stand for possibly eternity, because now she's dead. Yeah. And they're... Unless he can somehow bring her soul back to, like, play chess or something. He'd probably still lose. Right? He lost her as a kid and an old frail woman. He ain't going to beat her. Yeah, she's got this. Okay, so moving on. Dragula also used the Children of Judas vampire cult to uh, vampirize the wife of Abraham Van Helsing, Reviving this old feud with the Van Helsing's family. Because, you know, after sen- you
1: know a century or two of not dealing with them, he couldn't just leave it alone and not deal with them. Yeah, clearly they stopped messing with you. And clearly he likes, as he's not done with another family, just bringing stuff back up. Yeah. It's like,
0: you guys are done. Leave it. Oh. No, I'm going to start this war up again. Holy cow, Dracula is that uncle that comes to Thanksgiving dinner.
1: Yes. Or that aunt that just like, keeps bringing up the
0: past. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, you know, your mom ditched me at a movie theater <laughs> when I was eight. It's like, Uncle for, Uncle Steve, for God's sakes, get over it and get a job. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, so, Dracula would again be drawn into politics when Liza Strong uh, convinced him to kill her husband, Archibald Strong thus assuring that Otto von Bismarck would become Minister President of Prussia. Liza ultimately betrayed Dracula, having him ambushed and staked, again. When he recovered, he vampirized Liza in retribution, again. Because, you know, (laughs) it's it's just a pattern at this point. It it really is. You uh, stake him, you just seal your fate of being a vampire now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Except for, unless you're (laughs) Murray. Which, I mean, at a certain point, does anybody, like maybe take a page out of her playbook and just start carrying a cross like uh not enough apparently apparently no if that's the only thing that takes i feel really like confident if i lived in the marvel universe that i would never be vampirized cuz if i just have to buy a 2 dollar cross from like walmart or something <laughs> right. i think i'll be fine yeah okay so uh I guess moving on charmed by an american woman he had met in europe dracula purchased the frigate Raven in 1862 and traveled to Savannah, Georgia which I had to look up like what that was because I didn't even know there was a town called Savannah in Georgia.
1: Um, after arriving in Savannah, Dracula agreed to bolster the Confederate army with his Legion of the Damned in exchange for Annabelle's return to Transylvania. Though the Legion was slaughtered, all the Union troops they came across, Annabelle's father recognized Dracula for what he was and staked him. Uh, Annabelle determined to honor the bargain, remove the stake, and return to Transylvania with him. So I think this is actually the, one of the first people that didn't automatically become uh, vampirized after, after staking
0: Dracula. Yeah, I mean, I guess good thing he was infatuated with the daughter. Right. Because uh, Otherwise he probably would have. Also, I'm just saying, Dracula's not a character I'd be breaking deals with. Cause I cl- mean, technically, the dad didn't have a deal with him. Yeah. So
1: technically, there was no deal broken in this. So, Still, just, uh, just the dad actually you know, realized how bad of a person Dracula was. It's like, I don't want my daughter anywhere near you.
0: Which I mean, fair, fair. And I guess you know the dad wouldn't know his history of how much he holds grudges. Yeah, no,
1: clearly not because he wouldn't have staked him otherwise. Yeah, because
0: I'm just saying I wouldn't want an immortal who holds grudges. <laughs> And like, paying attention to my existence. Right. I don't need that. <laughs> okay. So, in, in 1870, Dracula took advantage of the onset of the Franco... Prussia. Prussia War by using his vampire legion to occupy v- Vienna. Upon entering the Imperial Palace, however... Dracula was again confronted by the mysterious golden angel and forced to flee the city. You got to wonder if this golden angel's just literally a more of a trying to keep the timelines. Just like you're not supposed to be here. That's almost what it's starting to feel like. Just show because it doesn't seem like the angel really does anything. It just shows up and is like skip, Scott, Choo-choo. right?
1: Like get, get, It's like a pest control. Yeah, like, give
0: me the, br- bring me the broom, God, bring me the broom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little later on, when the pirate Captain Cutlass looted a French ship bearing some of Dracula's wealth in 1875, Dracula would vampirize the captain in front of his three-year-old daughter, Marianne. Dang! <laughs> I mean, he's done some dark stuff, but that one I feel is like the darkest. Well, yeah. Next to ripping out the dude's the dad's heart in front of his daughter, this is definitely the second darkest yep. thing he's done. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> dang, bro. Okay, Dracula is probably... Okay, moving on, because, Wow. Dracula is probably most famous for the events of 1890, which would later be compiled from various journals and clippings and adapted to Bram Stoker or adapted by Bram Stoker into his most famous novel, Dracula. And here's where shit gets a little funny and crazy.
1: Yeah, this one's actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> okay. Um, because Dracula's stolen diary would finally fall into Stoke, Stoker's hands, and Dracula was published a year later. Oddly enough, Dracula actually would read the novel and pinned a venomous letter accusing Stoker of lying, Harker of an opium addiction, and Van Helsing of being part of a long line of charlatan magicians bearing a grudge against him. And for good measure, he would curse the letter, writing that any who found it would be devoured by his children of the night. Uh, American journalists Mark, Mark Corder and David Fraser became the first to discover the letter a century later and did indeed fall victim to the curse.
0: Which, ow, that's kind of a, kind of a dick move. Makes me wonder if they got vampirized. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Knowing his history, they probably did. I mean, probably. I do love that, though, like... This is the equivalent of like of of somebody like making a movie or a writing a book like about somebody's life and that person still being around and just right. writing like that is not at all what went down. Like, oh man, there was like a movie that did come out about somebody's life and the guy was like severely angry about it. Uh, I, probably a lot of them, to be honest. Yeah, but like, yeah, no, I just love that though. Like, like. Oh, that's not right. That guy was a druggie, and those people are just charlatans. Just I, sh- and I
1: love that he's like, nope, those are all
0: lies. You are tarnishing my name.
1: Right. And now, Dracula, you're doing a pretty good job of that on your own. Because I,
0: I feel like with the with the Van Helsings, it's like, so if they're such charlatans, why have they been such a pain in your ass for these centuries? Would you have stopped this at the head at some point? Right. Like, just, you know, killed the bloodline? <laughs> which you've clearly failed at. A lot of uh, times. Okay, so, so now let's
1: move on. We briefly touch, kind of cutting in, cutting out a lot of his history because there is way too much to continue on. We briefly touch into 1940s during World War II.
0: Yeah, because Dracula actually got him, well, kind of got forced to be involved.
1: Because in 1942, World War II would come home to Dracula uh, Castle, Dracula, where the Count discovered his gypsy servants were being killed
0: by the Nazis. And, as we said earlier, there's one thing there's one thing that Vlad Draconis the impaler is, and it is loyal to his people you don't mess with his people, yep, he is basically kind of a nice counterpart to Dr. Doom in that world, yeah, because they're both very similar to that uh, the count opposed the Nazis, even lending aid to an invading American unit, Nick Fury's howling commandos oh. <laughs> The Commandos continued to work with Dracula even when his vampiric nature was revealed. Percival Pinkerton promised he would inform Dr. Van Helsing of Dracula's whereabouts. Dracula welcomed the challenge.
1: Why not throw some Van
0: Helsing into World War II also? Right? Also, Dracula, do you welcome the challenge? Because you don't exactly have a good record with taking these people on. Yeah, no, but I
1: guess he he figured you know maybe another century. He was like, oh, let's try it again. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fuck my well. During World War II, the Weapon Plus commandeered the Ravenclaw, Ravencroft Institute and began conducting experiments on in the inmates with the aid of Count Dracula, turning several of them into grotesque vampiric monstrosities. When Captain America and Bucky Barnes attacked the institute looking for a friend of theirs. Jonas Ravencroft unleashed the vampiric monsters on the weapon plus personnel before committing suicide.
0: Punked out like a bitch. (laughs) Oh, Oh. I had to. I had to. (laughs) So, okay. So, yeah, not not the greatest thing when you're fighting Nazis. Maybe not the greatest thing to start doing the exact things that the enemy is doing. I'd say this is slightly worse. Uh, that's really hard to put that as,
1: <laughs> in. When you're comparing to what the Nazis did, it's really hard to say anything's worse. It's, But I feel like turning things into vampiric monstrosities is very, very close.
0: It's, uh, let's let's call it um, parallel.
1: We'll, we'll go with that, because yeah, I was like, I don't want to undermine what happened during that, because some horrible stuff
0: happened, but... This is up there. Yeah, this is definitely, like, a close second. Like, a close second. Horrible thing. That's why I'm saying, like, baby! Guys, maybe, Like, are we the Nazis now? Right. Have we become what
1: we're fighting? Are we the bad guys? Yeah. We have schools on our heads. Okay. And now, uh, with that kind of section, talking about Cap and Bucky, while they he did fight with the Helen Commandos, it was never really expressed that he fought with Captain America. Yeah. This I is couldn't. kind of the closest we have to them being in the same room officially.
0: Yep. And I, cause I tried to look, there's no hard evidence. The only hard evidence is something that we will get to in just a little bit here. And that's not even comic evidence that we will be getting to, but moving on a little bit here, let's finish out this world war two section in 1944 the Nazis occupied Castle Dracula itself. Using it as regional headquarters, Dracula vampirized their commander, Hauptmann Rudolf Chris, (laughs) took bodily possession of him and led him to kill his own troops. Chris had no recollection of his vampiric activities and began to hunt for vampire killer that ultimately led back to him, he was staked by his second-in-command, Lieutenant Willie Hansen. I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't take anybody serious if their name was Willie. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, Willie. <laughs> Willie, my boy. I don't know why I'm saying it in that accent. I perfect. love that
1: he's just like, no, we're going to take the commanders, make him do all
0: the work, and make them think he did it. Which, you know, looking back at Dracula's entire history, you see, you're like, wait, you had that. Right, all... like, why have you never done this before? <laughs> you had that ability all along. It's like in those movies when somebody like does the <laughs> epic thing. It's like, oh, wait, wait. You're telling me we could have avoided all this? Right. <laughs> so, but that is Dracula's in comics, in world origins. Mm. And uh, a lot yeah. of really funny moments of his life. <laughs> yeah, which. That was the hardest part, trying to cut some of that out because he just has a lot of fun stuff. I only cut out like three
1: paragraphs out of the entire thing last night. Holy cow. Okay. So let's move
0: on to powers and abilities.
1: Now, obviously, being a vampire, a very large portion of this is your typical vampiric powers and abilities and weaknesses, which, like when we did Vampirella last week, there are some that do stand out as different.
0: Yep. Okay, so let's go into it. Uh, super strength. As always, vampires are always stronger than a human. But this guy can lift up to four tons.
1: Which definitely seems a little more normal than even... Or more extra than even than your normal vampire.
0: Yeah, because a normal vampire maybe can lift a car. Like four tons, that's almost a tank. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that is... That is above and beyond what normal vampire. Super speed, they did not give me an actual like, estimate of that. So superhuman stamina, which makes sense. you know, Agility, reflexes, and healings. And I mean, now let's get into the weird shit. And the healing one, that makes sense because the fact that you can come back from being staked. Yeah. You, you kind of have to have some healing there. <laughs> exactly. And now into some uh, more of his unique abilities. Like how his immortality works. Dracula, like all vampires, is functionally immortal in the sense that he is immune to the effects of aging and is immune to all known earthly diseases as long as he ingests fresh blood on a regular basis to maintain his uh, vitality. Once killed, Dracula's power is such that he can resurrect himself under the proper conditions. If Incinerated as by sunlight or fire, Dracula can reconstitute himself if his ashes are placed in a coffin filled with soil from his homeland. If staked through the heart, Dracula can regenerate once the stake is removed.
1: Well, yeah, a lot of that, except for maybe the being incinerated part. The steak one is definitely always a very common vampire trope.
0: As long as it gets removed, generally the vampire is not fully dead.
1: It's like just taking a really
0: long, painful nap. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That you're weirdly awake for. It's like sleep paralysis. (laughs) And the person who did it's your sleep paralysis demon. Right.
1: Uh, So he also has hypnotism. Dracula is able to hypnotize others by gazing into their eyes for a short period of time. As Lord of Vampires, Dracula can compel other vampires to follow his orders unless their willpower is stronger, is strong enough to resist him. Which I feel like that would only be other top-tier vampires. Like, it wouldn't be your normal thrall.
0: No, like, no. None of
1: them, I guarantee, have a willpower strong enough.
0: Oh, no, no. It would definitely be, like, yeah, top-tier vampires of either linear like lineage vampires or even possibly like vampires that got turned but had an ability like like Captain America. Yeah. And that being a super soldier, he might have the capability. Yep. Okay, so shapeshifting. Dracula is able to shapeshift into bats, rats, a wolf, and mist. He can also turn himself into into human-sized or larger wolfen and bat-like forms. Which I find interesting that he can turn into things other
1: than bats or mists, which is your extremely typical vampire stuff. But the fact that you can turn into rats and a wolf. Yeah, that's kinda that cool. is very
0: different. That very is-
1: awesome, but not normal.
0: I think the I think the wolf one is is the is the closest to being uh something that others have done, but definitely not normal
1: yeah no like that that even for a wolf thing that that's very rare
0: and also being able to turn into wolf like creatures that that implies like werewolf status like yeah. creature like that's kind of that's kind of awesome
1: uh, and then he also has sorcery he's a very powerful magician he's able to summon and command the lesser vampires undead packs of wild dogs bats and rats so like, has, at least the rats kind of still kind of fit with his transforming
0: true which still also kind of cool, being able to summon shit, like, have a basic understanding of magic. Right. It's got to be helpful when dealing with magic people coming Fine.
1: in. He's lived long enough, he he better have learned some magic somewhere along the way.
0: Oh, right. It's clearly a useful thing. And now, we're, now here's a pretty unique one. He has considerable control over the elements. He has weather manipulation. Um... Enough to oppose Storm or Thor. However, Dracula is severely weakened for an extended period of time afterwards. Which makes sense, because like, unlike Storm
1: and Thor, who that's pretty much their natural ability... Yeah. He has to go through a little extra work
0: to do it. Which, honestly, the fact that he's able to even compete with Storm... Impressive. Oh, yeah. Because, like, yeah, granted, I get it, Thor can command weather, but Thor more just makes... Thunder clouds and the storm appear. It's less controlled. With I was Thor. like, then most of the time
1: with Thor, all he's ever really shown to do is control lightning, yeah. not necessarily the storm. But he was able to call the lightning from us and make a storm to call lightning. Yeah. But that's kind of the extent of his ability that's really shown.
0: Meanwhile, Storm can straight up make a tornado and control specifically where the tornado moves. Right. Like we've
1: seen in cartoons and movies how deep she gets with her storm.
0: Yeah. So the fact that he's competing on a level, on that kind of level, impressive. Like, even even not you' if it does Scott. weaken
1: you, but you better hope you finish them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then he also has some mind control. Yeah. Any person that was bitten by Dracula is able to be influenced by him through a sort of empathetic... er, Wow. (laughs) A person bitten by Dracula is able to be influenced by him through a sort of empathic link. Only beings of exceptionally strong wills are capable of resisting him. So similar to kind of the um, hypnotism from earlier where if you're strong enough mentally you can resist him, but... You're less likely to. For most people, he's going to be biting.
0: Yeah, which, you know, makes sense. Now let's get into, oh yeah, just uh, some standard regular abilities. Dracula is an accomplished swordsman and magician. He possesses a gifted intellect, which the swordsman, like I said, very accurate to his real-world equivalent, who was known for his brutality in one-on-one sword combat. Oh, yeah. And also oh. Man, ooh. Dragula, like all vampires, has a number of special vulnerabilities. His greatest weakness, like that of other vampires, is he must ingest about one quart of fresh blood in order to maintain his vitality. Otherwise which I don't know how much a quart is, but sounds like a lot. <laughs> is by otherwise. If he does not ingest that, his powers will steadily decrease to the point where he enters a comatose state. Dracula is highly allergic to silver and can be severely injured or killed with silver weapons. If Dracula is injured by silver, his recovery time is considerably slower than normal. Dracula can be killed killed by having a wooden stake plunged into his heart somehow interrupting the mystical energies that keep him alive. Somehow. <laughs> Let's not go into any detail there. Dracula can also be killed by being decapitated and being exposed to fire. Dracula can also be affected by religious icons such as the Star of David or a crucifix, for example. Dracula is affected by the strength of the... Wielder's faith in the icon and religion it represents, not the size of the icon itself. Oh, that kind—that's kind of unique. Uh, so basically, it's your faith in the icon you're using that affects him.
1: Yeah, the faith of the icon and the religion it represents. Yeah, I was like, that is the more. I feel like the the more important part of that is the fact that it's your strength in the faith it represents. Yes. So, like, but I also uh, find it interesting that. Nowhere in history have we ever really seen anything but a crucifix be used. So it's kind of interesting to see that they bring in the Star of David.
0: Yeah, like it can, which is cool. Really, it's just yeah. really
1: interesting knowing that we only really ever see crosses with vampires.
0: Yeah, and this is kind of a unique one, and also unique that's based entirely on your faith, and you're the the one wielding it. Which that makes sense because. I mean, you
1: always see him getting drawn away by these little tiny crosses. Yeah, like so, it that it has to be made up somehow that this little thing can do that.
0: Which I, I'll admit, I kind of like that better than most versions where it's literally just anybody can wield the cross and yep. it hurts them. So Dracula must rest with within his coffin during daylight hours. He must line his coffin with soil from his homeland in order to both sustain his power and travel more than 100 miles from his birthplace. Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of a... <laughs> that one definitely has to suck. Yeah, right? Holy cow. That's like a almost a Groundhog's Day drawback. Right. I can only make it so far. <laughs> Dracula used to be unable to withstand exposure to direct sunlight, since it would instantly dry up his skin and eventually crumble his body to powder within a matter of minutes After transferring Wolverine oh <laughs> after transferring Wolverine's blood to his body Dracula got rid of this specific weakness great job Wolverine
1: <laughs> I kind of wish we' found out how that all became a thing yeah because was it
0: just... Did he get it from somewhere else? Did he get it from Wolverine directly? Well, from the little knowledge I have on it, I think Dracula actually had a full-blown run-in with the X-Men. Oh, I'm sure he has over history. Because I'm pretty sure right now um, Jubilee is actually a vampire in the comics.
1: (laughs) This is one of those, I feel like he probably got it from like Weapon X when he was being created or something. I don't feel like he got it directly from Wolverine.
0: I don't think that would have gone well for him. Oh, probably not. Like, I, I could see him getting up from Wolverine, like, straight up taking a bite and just, and then Wolverine just being like, oh, hell now," just turning on him. I was like, I don't think he could have gotten
1: close enough to Wolverine, to be honest.
0: That would have been a very tough situation. It would have been interesting to see. I Shit, we, could, we should find that comic. <laughs> There's so many comics. The list keeps piling up.
1: Yeah, it's going to keep doing that.
0: Okay, now moving on to his other media appearances. I will let you take the wheel.
1: <laughs> so, for first off, we have his TV appearances, and they're all just, like, single episodes out of each of these shows. Uh, he appears in Spider-Woman, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Avengers Assemble, The Superhero Squad Show, Ultimate Spider-Man, and Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Yeah, so, uh, he really doesn't show up in a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I will say in uh, Avengers Assemble, he actually does have a major recurring role as part of the Cabal that the Red Skull forms. Okay, so that one's actually that one. He actually gets a so that like one a, actually has a little bit of a yeah. He's sustenance. actually he's actually in a few seasons in that one. Okay. because of that, but but still, like yeah, <laughs> they definitely play on the fact that is still Dracula. And I do like it because they do show him in his comic, like, warrior form, too.
1: Nice. Um, So in film, he only has two, where he would, in 1980, he appears in the anime TV movie base on the Tomb of Dracula. The movie would be titled Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned. Huh. And he also would appear under the name Drake in the 2004 movie Blade Trinity, which I did not know.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. It's I I mean, I've also never seen Blade, which I really need to.
0: Oh, my God. We have to watch that. (laughs) They're so good. Okay, third one's not the greatest, but it's still fun.
1: (laughs) And then he has a a couple things in video games. Now, first off, we have an announcement. He is the first Marvel character to not be in a Lego game.
0: Oh, my God. We found one.
1: Took us long enough, and of (laughs) course, you know, it'd be some kind of small random character like
0: dracula yeah just uh especially knowing how they update games i'm shocked they never just did a halloween special update right that's part that kind of shocks me
1: so he is first an unlock an unlockable character in the mmo marvel superhero squad online and then he is a boss a group boss in the mobile game marvel avengers alliance is also an unlockable character in the Marvel mobile game, Marvel Avengers Academy. So he's got a very small line in even games.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and most
1: of them are the or, mobile Facebook kind of random small games that nobody. Well, yeah, a lot of people play, but nobody really cares about. Yeah,
0: I read. Yeah, you read that list. I'm like, oh man, this guy's not got nothing. Like no good games. No.
1: And and. Yeah. One last fun fact is he. this version of Dracula was ranked number three in a listing of Marvel Comics monster characters in 2015. Well, that's kind of cool. Makes me, wonder, makes me really want to know who the rest of that list is.
0: Right? Like, who was number one and two? Who's beating him out as far as monsters? Right. Man, Great if it's question. the abomination in that, I'm just going to be pissed.
1: So. <laughs> Probably Frankenstein's monster.
0: Yeah, he he does appear. Oh yeah, also the Wolfman by night. And then probably he, those two. Probably Wolfman and Frankenstein's monster. Yep. Then you also have Mummy. Wow. Marvel actually. Oh yeah, Man Thing. Wow. Marvel has a lot of monsters. They really do. <laughs> I forgot about it. So uh, yeah. And, um, Joker. Let me ask you. You a fan? Oh yeah. I mean,
1: I've always been a fan of Dracula, anyways. But the, just reading this story. And still kind of going back to that demonic heifer. All right. <laughs> this version of
0: Dracula is awesome. Honestly, yeah, I was a fan before I started the research on this character. I was a fan of his Marvel version. I'm even more of a fan now. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, a cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan, too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.